0: most dangerous game by ben flanagan following a bunch of republicans who are chased down for blood sport by rich liberals the hunt was postponed by universal after donald trump tweeted the movie coming out is made to inflame and cause chaos he wasn't wrong about its intentions but craig zobel's satire is occasionally toothless less team america world police than the running man it's a solid piece of Bloomhouse fare that uses its own genre awareness to send up political negligence. Zobel presents this hunt as Managate, a conspiracy theory peddled by QAnon types that liberals enact as a sort of moral lesson on Facebook commenters, including a compelling Betty Gilpin. Its eventual release date on March 11, 2020, made it an unlikely kin to Baccarat, the ingenious film from Kleber mendoza Philo and Juliano Donnelles, which was receiving its arthouse rollout after winning the jury prize at Cannes 2019. But both films had their theatrical runs cut short, victims of the coronavirus lockdown. In Baccarat, a small Brazilian village is taken completely off the grid by American tourists attempting a massacre who get more than they bargained for. Watching these films together on VOD, where they now reside, it's hard to ignore their similarities in illustrating the rich-poor divide through sick kills. In Baccarat and the Hunt, Victims fight back to varying levels of success, with particular focus being put on the bodies that are used as commodity as the murderers rack up, kills, video game style. Blame it on The Purge. Surely not even Ethan Hawke anticipated the cultural impact of Blumhouse's schlocky thriller. Speculating on a world where all crime is legal for one night a year, The Purge passed $80 million at the box office on a $3 million budget while being written off by critics for shallow and reactionary politics. Director James DeMonaco, who helmed all but one of the four strong series, uses the cartoonish scenario to point out what we all know, that the American elite use tradition to systematically oppress and kill the underclass. Rich families protect themselves in highly secure gated communities. Rich families protect themselves in highly secure gated communities. In the first film, Hawke got so rich and flashy off selling security that his neighbours conspire against him the Purge franchise repeats imagery of fancy white family performing ritual killings of homeless and Latinx people, relishing the aesthetics of white supremacy, before letting a diverse band of scrappy, working-class characters fight back against Richard Spencer lookalikes. Their Outcast vs. Elites recital is vague enough that any viewer can cast themselves in the role of the grizzled Frank Grillo, hobo with a shotgun one minute and presidential bodyguard the next. The specifics of the films are less than the sum of their premise, which captures the simple horror of global class disparity. The purge concept takes a battle royale scenario and leaps into the viewer's imagination with such vividness that it can endure the diminishing returns of sequelitis, fan fiction, or an inevitable Rick and Morty parody. However, the genre was born in an earlier era of depression, the Most Dangerous Game, a 1924 short story by Richard Connell in a Hemingway mode, sends up big-game safari hunting by having a Russian aristocrat go after American tourists for sport. A Joel McCray Fay Ray starring adaptation was filmed at the height of the Great Depression in 1932, at night on the King Kong set by Irving Pichel and Ernest B. Schoedsack. It has much of Kong's exoticism and mystic violence, the callous Russian aristocrat who preys on Macrae's big-game businessman draws lines between the rich and the really rich. In April 2020, the much-maligned streaming service Quibi readapted Connell's story into a vehicle for Liam Hemsworth, with Christoph Waltz stretching himself to play a sophisticated, verbose hunter. But the genre's growth into a wider-reaching purge leaves Waltz and Hemsworth biting its dust. Purge presents a clear class dichotomy that f- ignores how factors like race or disability might impact intra-class power and then allows for viewer catharsis when the victims inevitably turn the tables on their attackers. That both Baccarat and The Hunt pick apart the Purge concept while indulging the viewer in those same cathartic pleasures should come as no surprise. This is Cinema du Troll. Globalisation is high up on the agenda in these films. Establishing the US as a kind of safe zone outside of which lawlessness and carnage runs rampant. In The Hunt, it's difficult to figure out how much of this is supposed to be ironic. Although amusingly hints that this is in part an EU-endorsed endeavour, that the neoliberal agents use deregulatory technology like Airbnb to set up their grand scheme, it also depicts Europe as a forest outland overrun with refugees. The commentary that a member of Managate can infiltrate a group of refugees and use them as bad actors to be in the right place at the right time for the needs of this bloody cabal is intriguing, but it amounts to a mere gesture to a reality that has no direct parallel to feed off of. Baccarat is far more specific in its globalisation commentary, contrasting third cinema tropes with American genre and spaghetti western technique to question globalisation and international filmmaking. Though Baccarat makes its debt to John Carpenter clear, with the town's school named Howell Carpentiera for the great master, Philo and Donola's spirit can be seen in one of Carpenter's Fularian influences. Cornel Wilde's underrated The Naked Prey is a ripping yarn which submerges the viewer in awful colonialist imagery, luring the Western viewer into safety, with white soldiers ordering around South African tribesmen, intercut with stock footage of cheetahs hunting zebra. The tribesmen soon get their own back, killing all but one of the soldiers, played by Wilde himself, and then hunting him for sport in a near-wordless action sequence that lasts almost the whole runtime, With just a few hints of science fiction, the first half of Baccarat presents the inverse of this. Scenes of communal life, with a funeral that the whole town attends while tripping on a local hallucinogenic, of sex work that isn't frowned upon by the townspeople, and references to the town's lineage, all suggest a kind of festival film that impresses critics but fails to find a wider audience. Think of Mexican director Carlos Regadas, whose slow cinema docu-fiction contrasts heightened emotion with very long takes and meta-storytelling that only appeals to a very niche arthouse audience that follows his work over a long time. Baccarat intentionally suggests this mode of filmmaking in its languorous sketches of townspeople, while rupturing its own myth-making with glimpses of the future, such as the 50s-style UFO that chases down a motorcyclist. Central to Baccarat, the place and the film – is appreciation of the histories, stories and even myths that make up the town's atmosphere. There is the Pacot Acasio story, where this ex-bandit's crimes are shown on a big screen in the town square. The museum is full of memories from a gestured to uprising, suggesting Baccarat to be a mere chapter in a wider chronicle of the town. Myth is an equally important factor in the hunt, but the central myths are of the more modern technocratic fear of fake news. Managate is directly analogous to the Pizzagate conspiracy around the 2016 US election, where right-wing online commentators theorised that a DC pizza restaurant was being used by the DNC to harvest children. A similar conspiracy takes place in Zobel's world, where a group of liberal elites are accused of murdering ordinary middle-class Americans in a purge-like situation, Managate, after a leaked group text makes it online. The participants in that group chat are shamed online and lose their jobs, motivating them to set up the conspiracy for real, as revenge against the most ardent commenters. Technology is aligned with Managate, who use social media data to track down their victims and set up a simulated version of the Managate conspiracy based on online imaginings. The Hunt's analogy rests on the notion that the Libs stage a real Managate as retribution for the fake Managate myth propagated by MAGA. That the Libs themselves came up with the scheme, joked about in a leaked text chat, adds a further complication, and one that's quite difficult to follow as a straightforward analogy. The implication appears to be that if fake news reports outlandish conspiracies that resemble movie plots, there is often a germ of truth to them too. Pizzagate itself may be false, but many DNC and RNC higher-ups appear in the Jeffrey Epstein Black Book. Abuse is rife among the liberal elite, but the hunt implies that abuse is a response to provocation rather than a perk of power. Though it sees Europe as the Wild West, every American character is trying to get one over on the other. The future resembles a techno-fascist nightmare of benevolent data collection. It made me think of Aziah Mendina's big tech propaganda failure inventing the future, which imagines a world in which socialism is achieved through tech companies sharing their resources so that the universal basic income-supported proletariat may leave their bodies and form a hive mind. It's laughable wish-fulfillment, and what wish! makes the viewer long for the violent cruelty of The Purge, which may at least rid us of the MacBook class. Both Baccarat and The Hunt understand this. These films are savvy enough to understand that myth now translates as cultural signification, casting appropriately winking antagonists to situate the film in a wider pop-cultural tapestry. Udo Keir's smirking German mercenary, who trains and leads the tourists attacking Baccarat, encourages the viewer to point Nazi at the screen, a blurry picture framed and hanging on his wall has overtones of Joseph Mengele, featuring a bunch of s- strapping blonde men doing salutes outside an Amazonian house. Philo Donellas know that their audience is thinking this, so they prod at the Ira Levinian stereotype by having Keir laugh and dress down a brash American for using the NZ word. Nazism is an essential part of Brazilian myth, a conspiracy theory that predates even Pizzagate. If Bacharow lampshades its own cliche as a use for triteness, then the hunt finds new ways to subvert its own myth. Hilary Swank is cast as the key antagonist Athena Stone, who privileges girl boss feminism and woke word salad overall. Swank signifies feminism, known for her Oscar winning roles, exploring gender in Boys Don't Cry, about a trans man, and a female boxing drama, Million Dollar Baby. Her turn in The Hunt is just as incisive in deconstructing a type of pantsuit essentialist, glass ceiling smasher and Prosecco guzzler. For Athena, a knock to her pride from a working class hick is worse than the structure atop the corporation she works at stopping her social climb. She would rather see a MAGA chud change than her billion dollar business. As Baccarat mocks the cynicism of films like The Hunt, it finds that simplistic politics of retribution are complicated – In using Western technique and spaghetti style on the colonisers, it rubs up against its own hypocrisy. As much as they've flipped the US-centric genre on its head by having the colonised people fight back, Beckerau and The Hunt have merely reaffirmed class roles through cartoonish depictions. Purge is an essentially reactionary genre that asks for viewers to experience the same catharsis in each iteration. Until a filmmaker figures out how to coherently ironize the genre, it will continue to mask simplistic politics under the guise of satire.